I mean, it's so negative. <laughs> Man, welcome back. It's Rock the Culture. It is season three, episode six. This is the podcast where we bring perspective and conversation on all things Central Arkansas, all things Little Rock, all things the culture. I'm your host, Antoine Phillips, and you can find me on all social media. And y'all can go ahead and sing it with me. It's A N T W A A N. P-H-I-L-L-I-P-S. And I'm with your man who hating on me because I'm out here repping the sweaties. <laughs> it's your favorite representative. Always repping. Two takes, three turns. You can find me on Instagram at RepBlake36. And RepBlake, I told you I had something for you that I, I didn't want to tell you about before the pod because I wanted to be 100% authentic, no gimmicks. Organic. Organic on, on the response here. But this is before we get into the rundown, before we get to our guests, before we get to our shout-outs. Word on the street that there's another representative who's your favorite legislator. You are absolutely right. The, <laughs> what's highest, up? the highest form of flattery. What, what's up with the other favorite, le- your favorite legislator name, out here? Name not to be announced. <laughs> but everybody knows I'm your favorite representative. No matter if you want to go favorite legislator, favorite senator, <laughs> favorite dude in the streets, I'm your favorite representative. Okay. So uh, for anybody else that is trying to claim that title, you're going to have to see you going to have to see me, bro. With the clap. With the clap. you going to have to see me. But I just want people to know that you you the favorite representative, but people want to be your favorite legislator. Man, so I want you to give our opportunity. Often for- imitated, never duplicated. Okay. I'm, I'm your boy. All right, all right. I'm steady repping. Steady repping. Always repping. Your favorite. Steady repping, huh? Steady repping. Always repping. I'll- Always repping. Okay, okay. Favorite representative. Anyway, as before we get into our rundown, we got two things on the show. And then we got special guest, uh, John Brumman of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette will be with us shortly. On the rundown, two things to talk about. One, there was an article in the paper recently, uh, three-term, about comparing Little Rock to Savannah, Georgia. Mm-hmm. And saying Savannah, Georgia is so progressive, not in the conservative liberal sense, but progressive in how the city looks and feels and opportunities. Yeah. So we're going to kind of talk about that, compare and contrast. And then talk about re-hit on something that we brought up a long time ago, and maybe the city board is catching up with us, bro, mm-hmm. about the number of golf courses in our city, Absolutely. and it relates to how the, the city uh, funds and operates our golf courses in the city. So that's two things on the show. But before we get there, uh, as always, we got to give our shout-outs to our, our Connects three-term. The plug. Big ups to Arkansas Times for continuing to support the pod, support mm-hmm. our city. Support news and journalism, bro, because that's that's important. There's a lot of misinformation in the streets. Yeah. So it's important to get the right information, and we appreciate Arkansas Times for covering, covering those stories that, right. that everybody wants. Right. So. Um, and last week talked about on the cover story, shout out to Benji Hardy mm-hmm. uh, for another story that we talked about a couple months ago with Marquita Little. This Medicaid thing is still continuing. People are still falling off Absolutely. the road. So read the Arkansas Times to be it's imperative. Updated. It's yeah. imperative, man. This this is one of those stories that continue continuously affects most of our lives. So right, absolutely, absolutely. The uh, the other shout out we got to give a shout out to our boy Grammy Q Note on the IG Keys to the City TV Films on YouTube. And if you missed the Black Excellence event at South on Main, you're sleeping. Wake up, wake up. Are you woke? Wake up. <laughs> yeah, man. We had an excellent time Friday. Uh, down at South on Main, Trap Jazz Giants. It was, uh, Twan, you, at one point in the night, you looked across the table at me and you said, it sounds good in here. Right. He's like, yeah. That's, yeah. that's Black Excellent Fridays. It, it, was, it was a wonderful show. It was a great vibe. Packed house. So shout out to Grammy Q-No, our guy, 
uh, Philly move for for the genre, for the vision, and for the execution, man. For it, the whole trap trap right. jazz band, you know, he had he brought some guests in town. They they were excellent, man. We had a really good yeah. Time. Had brought some guests on stage, let them perform. You know, he shouted out rock the culture, but he didn't ask us on stage. So no, a little shade, a little shade for he a Grammy Q note. He didn't want to steal the show. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. It was, that was his night. Look. Little Michael Jackson. <laughs> Might not get the mic back. Might but but <laughs> but we told y'all it was gonna be a great show and they and they delivered. Um and if you get a chance, uh I, I believe there's gonna be a keys to the city episode about this show. So make sure catch when, that one. You gotta catch that gotta one. Gotta catch them so you can feel this vibe and you need to be a part of this movement going forward. Um other thing, three term Blake, before we get into our rundown and with our guests, gotta give a shout out to uh Jesse. And uh, Channel 4 and Capital View. Yeah, man. If you didn't catch my boy on Capital View Sunday morning, check it out. Uh, Antoine's a lawyer, lawyer. Man, you know, sometimes it, I bring some laws, some facts, some little debate in me. Like I told you, he likes to argue and debate. So he had to sit in the But I keep school. telling you about disrespecting me. <laughs> you can't keep disrespecting me. And if you with the culture, you know why he's disrespectful. You we know had, why it's disrespectful. We had, we had to sit in the boat with law school because he yeah. likes to argue. But it was a, it was a, I appreciate the, them allowing us to uh, be there, and I appreciate the opportunity to. I was rever- proud of you, man. Dropping big facts. Yeah, getting people in line about the truth. Man, that's why that's why I said journalism. Truth is important. Sometimes we just kind of say things, and, and then we just throw them out there. Yeah, and that's because that's how our president now he does. People saying this was, well, that's not true, and if it's not true. I, like you said, we the, we the media now. I guess so, yeah. So we it's, it's, we got press passes. Right, so it's my job to, <laughs> to call it out. So I appreciate the opportunity to be there on behalf of my friend Frank Scott, who's running to be mayor of Little Rock. So if you had not had the opportunity to check that out, please go to our social media page and, uh, and, and catch that link. Yeah, it was excellent, man. I'm proud of you, bro. Right, so right now we're going to get into the news, and we're going to start with our story um, about Savannah, Georgia, comparing it to Little Rock, Arkansas. Obviously, we've been talking about the mayoral race, and I want to highlight an article from Karen Martin that was in the Arkansas Democrat. Democrat. Why I say Democrat? Because you can't talk. Democrat Gazette. Uh, and she entitled the article, Lessons to Learn from Savannah, Georgia. Yeah, okay. And she brings up this article, and I'm going to give a little context to it, three-term, and then we're going to get some perspective and conversation about it. She says, everybody talking about the mayoral race. Mm-hmm. People talking about the former government. Yep. And she said, we got two good candidates. Yep. Stuff everybody's saying, right? Yep. She said, let's let's focus on some quality of life issues, some things that you and I have talked about before mm-hmm. on, on, on the pod. And she started off, and I'm going to give you, I'm going to just throw you an alley-oop, bro, and I want you to be, don't be JaVel McGee. Okay. Who the best alley-oop Vince catcher? Carter. He's the best catcher of the alley-oop? Yes, by far. Vince Carter. Ooh, Sean Kemp used to catch the moves, though. Vince Carter. Vince Carter used to be still going up when he was dunking. Zion Williamson still be going up with he dunking. Zion Williamson. That's the closest to Vince Carter we're going to see in college. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'm about to give you Alil because she said something that you talked about, and you and I disagreed on this. She says that when you leave the – and she talked about Savannah, Georgia, and she said Savannah, Georgia has been very progressive in how the city looks. Yeah. Infrastructure. Yep. Quality of life, opportunities, recreational things um, in all parts of the city. And one, the, one of the first things she mentioned is that when you leave the airport – Absolutely. She said where visitors get their first impression. She talks about all the different things at the airport. Mm -hmm. And then she talked about these volunteers to greet them. And then it said the route out of the airport, and I'm reading the article, leads into an attractive suburb of Pooler, a shopping mecca with a Tanger outlet complex, about a million other stores and restaurants. 
Absolutely. When you leave the airport, that's where you see. And that's that's the biggest one of the biggest issues we have here in Little Rock. You you fly into the airport and you come out and what do you see? Nothing. You see uh, uh, Hertz rent a car, a Waffle House, and a couple hotels. And then you either get on the interstate and pass Springer Boulevard or you drive up Roosevelt. There has to be intentional development and growth in the, in the East End. The East End is where our Riverport is, is where our airport is, it's where Clinton Library, where Heifer Project, you can call East Village all you want to, that's the East End. Right. We need to have development there that's to let people know when, when they get off the airport, they're somewhere that they want to be. They're somewhere that, that they, a destination, and not somewhere that they had to come to. And, and she goes on to talk about a cultural change, not only in how the city looks and feels, um, but that happened in, in Savannah. They had this cultural change. They were intentional. They said, this is what we want our city to look like, mm-hmm. having a comprehensive uh, plan like we talked about on Think Big Little Rock yeah. for over a year and a half. The other thing she mentioned, she asked a question. She said, what is Little Rock's culture? What makes us unique? And that's kind of what I want to talk about. What That's a question that, that you've asked. Yeah, I've asked that before yeah. and wanted to talk about on pod. What She talks about all these things in, in um, Savannah, what, but what makes Little Rock New Year unique? And if we don't have that, what, what should what it be? What can make it? Yeah, what that's, can make that's it unique? That's a good question. I, I think the one thing that, that is always is our, is our civil rights history. Yeah. Um, that makes us unique. Um, another thing is, and it's a question that, that people have asked me all the time, what, what is our industry? You look at Charlotte. You know, they got they got the banking industry right. that came. You look at, at at Atlanta. You got Coca-Cola. You got That's Turner. In- Turner broadcasting. Uh, broadcasting. So you have industries there that were, that were leaders. Um, same thing with Memphis. You got FedEx, you know, logistics. This should have been in Little Rock. Should have been in Little Rock. So that is a question that we're going to have to answer going forward is what do we attract what what do we have here? Maybe maybe it's data. Maybe because we have Axiom and a, and a few other companies here that that do big data or, or do financial data. That's something that we can focus on. Banking, banking. You, you obviously, got uh, Stevens. You got Bank of the Ozarks yes. headquartered here uh, for security. Uh-huh. So we, there is a banking sector. It's not Charlotte. Yeah. But, uh, but but maybe if we blend the two, and I've seen that with FIS, you know, talking about data and banking, data for banking. How do you keep that? You know, maybe maybe that's something. Is that is that enough to to bring more companies here? Maybe maybe not. But we have to start having that conversation on what are we attracting? What do we already have? What is our culture? But you're talking about companies. Companies are made up of people. True. And people want to live in a place where there's where there's things to do, where there's opportunities. Uh, recreationally, so she's talking about Savannah, and she talked about the Savannah College of Art and Design, and how that's integrated and integrated mm-hmm. in, throughout the entire city. And then she makes a contrast and say, you know, we have UA Little Rock, we have Pulaski Tech. Yeah, I don't even think she mentioned our HBCUs like Philander that's in our community, but you have those. But she said they're almost isolated; they're not integrated in the in our community. And when we think about Little Rock, you don't think UA Little Rock. Or Philander Smith. Or Philander Smith. You don't think, I mean, Conway has branded themselves being a, a, a city of colleges. City of colleges. So you think Hendricks, you, you think, think UC, UCA. Yeah. And we have bigger We have bigger institutions here. We have two HBC, HBCUs within half a mile radius of each other. Uh, and then we have UA Little Rock, which, I mean, if, if you're looking at the city of Little Rock, we could be a college town. We should be a college town. I mean, the potential 
And, yeah. and you heard this in some of the mayor. I mean, definitely from Frank Scott in the mayor campaign. But I think other people have followed his lead and said the potential for Little Rock to blow up in a good sense and be this new booming southern yeah. town is there if there's a vision Absolutely. and a will from the people to execute it. I mean, it's small things she mentioned in this article. She says uh, there's a bunch of restaurants, a bunch of uh, bars, and she said, you know, you can have open containers. They're, they have these outdoor bars where you can have open containers where you, the, yeah. you walk the streets. That, that attracts a quality of life. That, that and that's that's not a unusual, ridiculous, out, out of our mind experience. Pe- we already have that. Like, people don't know that you go on Kavanaugh on Thursday night, you can walk around and drink. Right. And then we used to have it a while ago. They tried to do it like every other Friday or something where they block off district. the room. They, they have it here. Where you right. can, the, art, the Friday art district here and down the street here. Chili fights in the Heights. Chili fights. You can walk around with your drinks. We, this is something that we're doing for special occasions. Uh, food truck festival. You walk around with your drinks. So that's not, that's not foreign to us. Mardi Gras in, in the river market. Walk around with your drinks. Walk around with your drinks. Another thing, and not that, you know, we're adults. I mean, ain't like we want to, all we're saying is we want to walk around with our drinks. <laughs> but, but we, we want to walk around with our drinks. drinks. <laughs> the other thing, speaking of drinking. But I'm drinking water. Yeah. The other thing, <laughs> speaking of drinking, she said the liquor store is open on Sundays. So it's just small, I mean, those small changes that we can make in the city to attract people where you can start to have this cultural shift where you don't feel like Little Rock is always the city that, behind the other cities. Isn't that funny? We, 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 we're getting ready to have medical marijuana. Right. We can drive to either Garland or Jefferson Counties and, and gamble and drink on Sunday. Right. But, but, you can't buy, but you can't go to the liquor store in Little Rock. You can't. On Sunday. I mean, it's, it's inconsistent. Yeah, it is. And yeah. we need a cultural shift, and I, I appreciate Karen uh, for, for bringing that, that story to light. And uh, speaking of another cultural shift, the, the, our only other story today, uh, three-term, is about the first tee golf course. Yes. And in its relation, there was an article in the paper recently uh, about the city of Little Rock uh, deciding to uh, give some additional funding to the first tee. And I don't want to talk about that specifically. I want to talk about the bigger picture, which is one of the uh, conversation had among the directors was, with a city of 200,000 people, do we how need— How many golf courses do we need? How many golf courses do you need? Yeah. And we talked about this before, and I hope our city directors, I hope our citizens are listening to Rock the Culture, and they're like, man, you know, there, there's something there where we don't need four golf courses. Exactly. And if we don't need four golf courses, and uh, I think they made it clear in here— um, Let me—I got my notes again— uh, John Eckhart, who's the uh, Parks and Rec- Recreation Director, said the city spent about $2.3 million to operate the, those three golf courses. That's Resumen, War Memorial, and Hyman, and only bring in $1.5 million. And most of that is, is coming in from, from Resumen. Right. So there's an $800,000 deficit in our as it relates to our golf courses yeah. that are owned by the city. And, and, and one of them's a, a parking lot one, a parking lot. Did you see that? Did you see one more after? The Razorback game? Did you see it? Yeah. That was embarrassing. It, it was it was embarrassing, and it just goes to show that that's not, people don't see that as a golf course. No, it's a parking lot. It's yeah, a parking no, stop lot with yelling a, at me. With a splash pad. <laughs> it's a parking lot. <laughs> with a splash pad. I mean, but that that goes to that conversation. How many golf courses do we need? Now, now the thing about First Tee is, is they have that's the only golf course that has actual programming. Right. Programming for kids. Forty eight percent of the kids that they go to First Tee are m- m- minority kids. Yeah. So, so you have an opportunity to, to say, 
um, let's expand the programming at First Tee. Let's that's there's another tourism. Let's let's have the, it's it's the nicest First Tee golf course in the country. And I'm not just saying it. It's been called the nicest First Tee golf course in the country. It only has nine holes. There's an opportunity to to expand it. We've talked about that before. And, and speaking of which, you know, friend of the pod. Kendra K. Pruitt. Kendra K. Pruitt got, got a shout-out in the paper. That's what I heard. What's yeah. she talking about? She talking about, she said, I don't think taking money from a program that's trying to do good for the youth is a solution to that. And that was in the context of what you just saying, that this is programming at the golf course, helping kids. Yeah. Uh, hashtag one take thoughts, uh, one take history. Is that new hashtag. Oh. I learned, my first time picking up a golf club was at first seat. I mean, I grew up in Southwest. I, ain't, I didn't yeah. ever play, uh, never play golf. So my first, fir- my first time having a golf club yeah. in my hand was at first tee. Yeah. So that, that's important. Exactly. Cultural experiences, learning experiences for our youth. So I, I think that is something that I applaud what the city did. We need to support that. But if we're going to talk about cultural change and making Little Rock a city that has an identity. Uh-huh. Right now, we don't know what our identity is. Let's start with having a central park. Yes, that's connected for everyone. That's that's connecting the. It's in Central City. It's, it's somebody. I don't. I still don't know what that means. But it's in <laughs> Central City. Right. And it's an opportunity to connect South, North, and South, East and West of six thirty and four thirty, and to, to come to a a a park that that you can bring your kids to, that you may be able to do some shopping at. That that it's 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 wide open, man. It's wide open. We have we have a lot of opportunities, and we should be serious about. And we need our culture cohorts to join this movement and helping our city become a more attractive city, not only uh, infrastructure wise, but also attractive where people want to come. Quality of life, a, a quality of life, and you can change that culture by making this into a central park. Absolutely, absolutely. You can, you can change this culture by revitalizing the area from the airport leading into downtown. Um, you can change the culture by working on the heartbeat. What did you, did you call Asher Avenue? The heartbeat? The heartline. The heartline of our city. So those are the kind of things that need to happen where we got to be able to do two things at once. We can change the form of government and work on a park. We can do it both. I don't want our city to get so caught up in whoever the next mayor is changing the form of government that everything else stops. And we're going to just stand still for the next year Absolutely. Yeah. while we figure out how what our government should be. Let's be a little bit, let's chew gum and walk at the same time. I mean, we can take, I, I guess this project, if a, a Memorial Park project will be a sexy project, something that, that it improves the the quality of life, the, the curb appeal of our city. Right, right, right. You, you know what Kendrick say? What Kendrick say? Pull up, hop out, I'm going to make it look sexy. I'm gonna make it look, look sexy. sexy. You like that? I, had to, I had to like. I was like, "What?" <laughs> I had to get the lyrics right because you were just reading them, and I was like, "I'm gonna make it look sexy." Okay. I wasn't reading them. Don't do me. Oh, I mean, you you were not reading. You okay. did not have the lyrics in front of you. All my right. bad. No, no disrespect. My uh, favorite legislator. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're gonna leave it there. We're gonna take a short break, and then we'll be back with our special guest, John Brumman of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Welcome back to part two of season three, episode six, with our special guest, John Brummett from the Arkansas Democrat Democrat Gazette. John, say what up to the people. What up? 
Hey, hey, what up, John? <laughs> Chill the people. <laughs> See, John been listening to the pie, so he, he know how to, you know, he know how to follow instructions. Um, obviously, that wasn't that hard. I mean, it, it, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's some not. people not do it. No, no, some people don't feel comfortable saying what up. <laughs> but you, yours felt a little natural. It's that was that was your first time saying what up. I've been saying that for years, whether I'm supposed to or not. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, but obviously, we're here to talk about the mayoral race, and you've been uh, one of the voices. Sharing perspective on the mayoral race for you know throughout 2018, I, I'll go ahead and say. Uh, well, John, John had a column back in 2016. Was it about the this upcoming mayor's the race? The first thing about this mayor's race to be in the media, if you allow me to say. Are you about that? to about to toot your horn, own horn a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Go <laughs> ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do you have time for that? Yeah. Yeah. If hey. 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 Q, hit him with a with a horn sound. Toot. Toot. Go ahead. <laughs> if I'm if I'm very brief. Uh, I wrote. I also do some magazine pieces for Roby Brock's annual Talk Business and Politics magazine. Shout out to Roby Brock. He's a friend of the pod. He's a good man. He's he a good is. Man. And and I went to him. I said, I got a piece. Warwick Saban says the future. His future is in mayoral politics. He's interested in uh, redefining the office of mayor of Little Rock, and he thinks it's a great opportunity for a Democrat interested in public service. Frank Scott, since somebody tells me, has got the same idea. Kathy Webb at the time had kind of the same idea. Uh, it turned out uh, Baker Curse came along late with the same idea, but that was the first article that said Saban had planted the seed with me, that this mayor of Little Rock can be a place for a progressive-minded, public service-minded, local politico to go, because Democrats, as which he is, right. can't get elected in anything else mm, much. True. So, And it can make a difference. Little Rock, he said, and I think we now see that to be true, Little Rock ought to have a mayor who is a political force in the way Landrew in New Orleans and Rahm in Chicago. Right. It's, it ought to, it can be that kind of thing. So it was based on, on that visit with him that I believe the first thing. I, 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 I'm, I'm not afraid to give you credit for that. I'll yeah. take it. I'll, I, take I'll it. definitely give you credit for that. Um, and so we want to jump right into that. And I know you've been, how long have you been with the, just a brief background before we get into uh, the mayor issue. How long you been writing for the Dem Gas, John? Well, off and on a long time. I've been. Uh, I started at the Arkansas Democrat as a part-time sports writer when I was 16 years old. In and that's why you're a big fan of the Razorbacks. I, I, I see I like on to, Twitter. I like to tweet about the Razorbacks just to rile people up. Yeah, <laughs> you do. You know, you do. You really do. I'm not as serious about it as people think, but it, but they encourage me by their response. So right. I keep going. I like to puncture that bug bubble of what I. Call. So you what you what you're saying? If they stop if they stop showing their colors. You if, stop. if they'll just ignore me, I'll go away. <laughs> uh, but uh, I've been with, I was with the Democrat for eight or nine years. I was here at the Arkansas Times. I was editor of the monthly magazine for a few, for a few years. On and off and on about 20 years. I've been in journal, writing for newspapers for more than 40. Okay. Wow. Uh, absolutely. So you, you have some historical perspective on the city and uh, where, we, where uh, we come from and, and uh, where we're trying to go. Yeah, what I can remember. I okay. I can have. It, and how much do you remember? A little bit, a lot. Uh, I remember about half of it. Okay. Well, yeah. let's talk about the half you don't remember. <laughs> Can we do that? Yeah. It, it, it probably would be as valuable as what I do. <laughs> so, so let's let's start. So you mentioned that in 2016 you had the initial piece, and you mentioned Warwick Saban, Frank Scott, and City Director Kathy Webb as potential mayoral candidates for this 2018 race. Fast forward to 2018. Uh -huh. uh, we're reading you. Uh, yeah. People around the city, around the state are reading you about this election. And uh, you correct me if I'm wrong, John, but it seemed at some point after Baker Curtis entered the race, 
that you kind of saw this as kind of a two-person race between Warwick and Baker. Is that a fair characterization? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that it's not in terms of a two-person race. Okay. I will say you are correct, and I have publicly pleaded. Yeah, no, no, and that's what we, yeah. we're going to walk no, but through that's that. That's all right. That's all right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I wrote it's a three-person race, and I don't know how it's going to turn out, and who's going to be first, who's going to be second, going to be third. And I actually one time wrote, I think Frank Scott may have the biggest base and could lead the ticket. I mean, I could probably produce that. Right. But what I'm guilty of, and what I what I admit to being guilty of, and I'm ashamed of, and and, and want to correct, because you're always learning, is I got I had a myopic. Uh, view of this race. Once Baker Curris got in, I saw the folks in the part of town where I live, white progressive people in Midtown, being torn between this interesting choice. And I had several columns that were all about those two. And their their contest was interesting, about 600 vote difference interesting. Absolutely. But I did not. And, but there were several, three or four columns in which at the end I said, oh, by the way, Frank Scott, real good too. Almost patronizing. Mm -hmm. Not intentionally, but it was the effect because I was so fascinated with what was closer to me that I could better see and understand. That's no way for a newspaper columnist in the community to be. And I was found out on election night that, uh, that I had missed the bigger story. So I admit to that. Mm -hmm. But I did not think it was a two-person race. It was the two guys interested me more than Frank did, or the two that I felt I were better qualified that I was better qualified to write about were those. So that's that's what I admit to. Okay, it's it's a it's a small difference, really. Well, but, you you just you just brought up a, a, a one of the reasons why this why this podcast even exists. Good, because there is a there is a, a lack of scope or perspective from a lot of and, and you hear Frank Todd talking about it a lot, a lot of mm -hmm. times from undeserved, unnoticed, unrecognized parts of town. Yes. Are are people who live in those and live live in those areas who are just um, unnoticed? I, I think that what what you just said is is a is a is a reason why we are successful. Why Frank Scott has been successful exactly Be, because at some point those who don't have their voices heard, those who don't have their stories told, those people are usually going going to be the loudest, and that's what we're seeing here. Is is that there are a lot of stories that go unnoticed, untold, and um, and just just you saying that is, is real big. Well, it's it, it's the truth, and you may as well admit it when it's true. And it's also a, a, a truth not just for me, but for the local media mm -hmm. generally. That that there are there are there are things happening that aren't in our doorstep, and we need to go across town and talk to. Everybody. Absolutely. And get some notion of what's happening. Because when Frank Scott in that early vote had 38%, I thought, wow. Hmm. I thought it all might be about a third. I thought he might be second. I thought he might even be third. But he's he's knocking at the door of winning without a runoff. And this could happen. And I would have been spending all my time writing about my personal fascination with White Hillcrest liberals trying to figure <laughs> out if they were for Baker Curris or... Mm -hmm. uh, Work saving, yeah, so uh, guilty and educated and vowing to do better. Well, we we appreciate it. I think that that says a lot of, about our city, and I'm echoing what Three Term uh, said. Is there's this we kind of live in pockets in Little Rock. No kidding. And and if you're in West Little Rock, you got your pocket, and that's what you're thinking about. If you're in Southwest, you got your pocket, that's what you're thinking about. If you're in Midtown. You got your pocket. That's what you're thinking about. If you're in South End, East Little Rock, and 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 because of that, I think that's why it's important to kind of 
is a good transition to talk about campaign themes and what you've seen from both campaigns okay. as it relates to those kind of of uh, all of us living in these myopic viewpoints and circles. Okay, that's good. Could I add one thing? Yeah, add, just absolutely. Added? Because we were talking before about what I just talked about on the Talk Business right. Podcast, about the, what's called geographic sorting, which is conservative white uh, uh, rural voters uh, vote conservative and Republican. The higher density in which you live, you vote Democratic, and it's worsening. It's sort of balkanizing, and Clark Tucker got over 70% in Little Rock, less than that outside Little Rock in the county, and much less than that over the county line. But that applies to what we just said about yeah. Little Rock itself. Right. Little Rock, while overwhelmingly for Clark Tucker, given a choice in a mayor's race, revealed itself mm-hmm. as a series of, of disconnected pockets. Absolutely. And that's one many good things about this race for mayor, about having a municipal officer stand in the political arena, which we haven't really had mm-hmm. no. on a citywide basis. And some good things come. So I, I just wanted to add that. No, that's, that's a great point. And, that's, and, and from your journalistic perspective and watching these campaigns from, I guess we'll just start, you know, summer of 18 to where we are now in the runoff election, what have you seen in the themes of the campaign that's kind of sticking out to you? That's resonated. That resonated uh, from either Baker's camp or Frank's camp. Well, starting from the summer, I'll have to do three. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, well, yeah, bring yeah, it. Yeah, yeah work. In order some, to set yeah. the stage. And I've... These sorts of answers are inherently uh, uh, superficial, uh, almost stereotypical, but they carry some truth. I mean, every campaign has a prevailing essence or mm, message. Absolutely. Uh, Frank Scott's, what does he not say a sentence without saying? Unity. Right. Unity. I remember asking him, what does this early? I said, what, what, does, what will it mean if Little Rock, the city of Central High, crisis of 1957, elects a black mayor? And he recoiled. He said, it's not what I'm running on. I'm running on unity. I'm not running as a, to be the black mayor of Little Rock. So he has a message of unity. I call it connectedness of the, of the city. Mm-hmm. That's what he's all about. Now, he can, he's about other things, and he's got policy proposals. Right. But you go to all these forums that, that they had, his answers were inevitably catched in. That'll be good if Warwick can do that or if Baker can do that. First thing we've got to do is unify this city. So that's what he's about. Uh, Warwick Saban was about change. He said, I'm going to redo this whole city government, whether they want me to or not, I'm going to get in there and shake it up. Right. Baker Curris was about competence. What is ad I just saw? I've done it before, I'll do it again. You saw me run the Little Rock School District, I know how to do it, I'll get in there. And that's what he is about, uh, the experience and competence. Those are the essences of the three campaigns. What's happened since the runoff is that Seems to me, and you all could tell me, but you could tell me better because you're closer to it. Frank is saying, I'm still unity. I'm not going to change it much. Right. Unity got me where I am. Unity is what I'm all about. And I hope those folks who voted for Saban like unity because I'm offering it. Curris has made a calculated pivot. Have you noticed? Yeah, well, I have noticed. He's Baker for change. Suddenly it goes up online, Baker for change. Yeah. Suddenly he's saying, I'm going to get in there and tell Bruce Moore what's for. I'm going to be the boss. Uh, uh, and, and, and then he's saying, I had called him the status quo candidate. And he's saying, because the city directorship was not largely for him. And, and we talked about that on the pod too, John, where, uh, uh, Representative Blake and I talked about it, whether, and I know he pushes back at being the status quo, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. but I think, pe- I think your description is how people see him, um, uh, as a kind of status quo candidate because you have the majority of the board supporting him. 
He's a wealthy, older white guy. Uh, so that so label seems to fit. Well, that's reflected in the votes. Yeah. I mean, you look where they got their majorities, and it's and it's balkanized Little Rock. It's mm -hmm. uh, south of 630, southwest, heavy for Frank. Midtown, my neighborhood in Hillcrest, heavy for Saban. Uh, Heights, people think Heights went for Saban. No, Heights went for Curtis. Mm -hmm. And West Little Rock, who's the most comfortable economically, probably with the status quo? The, the, the Heights and, and West Little right. Rock, largely. And that's uh, one thing we said on the pod, too, to, to, to bring it up. If, and we said this back in, I guess, what, May, April? April if, if, if you're okay with the way Little Rock is now, then Baker's probably your guy. If you're comfortable mm -hmm. with Little Rock, if you're already winning in Little Rock, Baker's your guy. If you're not comfortable with Little Rock, you know, going back before the runoff, then you have to pick between Frank and Warwick. It's kind of how we saw the race. And I, I agree with that. However, in the runoff, the, uh, Baker found it necessary to change the dynamic. Why, why is that? Because what's in play for him are the Midtown Saban voters, and they were all about change. And they're all about uh, uh, shaking it up in City Hall. So suddenly he takes three or four days where I can't get him to answer my text. Mm -hmm. And then on the fourth day, when he answers the text, he refers me to a website where it's Baker Curris change. Yeah. He's got that they have met, they have strategized. And that's when he started saying, you know, he'll say he said it before. It's when he started emphasizing, I will, I have the authority under the ordinance as the chief executive officer of this city, as the mayor to tell Bruce Moore that he works for me and we'll have one staff. And that's when he started. That, that's, what he, that's what he says, but I don't know if that's what the ordinance says. We're going to have some yeah. legal discussion right. of that <laughs> as we move along. Uh, and, and then he also said, you call me, says to me, you call me the status quo because Kathy Webb, Kathy Peck, uh, Compurus, Lines, they're for me. But what you don't understand is the only way I can get make these changes, absent a referendum, on the way we're going to do business is if the city board backs me up. The, the, his position was the, 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 the backing of the established city board is my ticket to really changing it. All of this was a, was a I'm just Yeah, I understand. I understand. Yeah, you just explained all of, it. Was. All of that was his and his people's rather smart, I think, political calculation. We got to go get these people who want to change things more than they think we're going to do it. And maybe they said, I'd be flattered if they said, Brum is killing us by calling the status quo. We can't be status quo Well, you, you know your voice carries some weight around these well, streets, uh, though, So John. much weight that Warwick Saban is on his way to the mayor's office right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just call him Mayor Saban and see how far, <laughs> see how far that'll get you. But I do think that I, that I have some, I have a forum and an opportunity, which sometimes I successfully execute, to, to assess uh, dynamics. Yeah. And I believe the dynamic was he was the status quo guy. And he's saying, I can't, I can't be that and compete in this runoff the way I need to. I got to get in there and, and be the agent of change. And he's made a pretty clever pivot politically right. in terms of political tactics, I believe, that he has. You about to get in there three times? Yeah. I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm I'm wondering because I've, I've I saw the pivot the the, the day that the uh, his website was changed, right. and uh, with the whole rundown of city government, and I'm I'm just, you know, because Tuan was just on Capitol View, and one of the responses that that one of his surrogates had there was that Baker Curris is thinks it's time to unify this city, 
And, you know. Who said that? <laughs> mm-hmm. Miguel. Miguel Lopez. And, Who's uh, a friend of the pod. Yes, yeah. who who I was, you know, I, both, Antoine and I were both there, and we both were kind of taken aback that is, is this a pivot or is this literally just trying to muddy the water? You know, if am I going to say exactly what my opponent says or my, my other opponents or anybody who, who got a s- significant amount of, of voting? So, that, you know, if do, do, oh, do people see Oh, you're asking whether he, he, did he accidentally say unity or did he come there with a purpose to sort of take the unity message and water it down a little bit mm-hmm. away from Scott to a more to, to get it uh, dissipated among the, both candidacies? That'd be pretty smart. The pivot... The, the, the pivot on uh, the former government and getting in there and changing city government was has some substance. He's vowing to actually do or try to do something. But now it's telling. He still remains, I believe, more the status quo candidate and more the candidate, as I put it, of the comfortable, whereas Frank is the candidate of the disconnected, because less on the issue of full ward representation on the city board. Mm-hmm. Which is, I'm, which is the way politics is supposed to work, representative politics. It's the way Congress doesn't work. We're a bad example. Right. The way the state, <laughs> they just, but, but our founders thought it was the way to work. Right. It could be if we had better people and a, and, a, and a better politics. Legislature, you represent districts. Going back to 1957, a telltale year in Little Rock. Changed everything. Changed the form of city government to the city manager to, quote, take politics out of it, run it like a business which you can or shouldn't do, but also at-large representation mixed with ward so that neighborhoods' voices could be contained. Mm-hmm. contained, not, that, not nullified, but c- contained. Like, we're going to have some people on this board that 50 for the future and the Chamber of Commerce can talk to in a general sense mm-hmm. to keep the neighborhoods from having too much fight among each other, which has given us 50 years now without real city government representation. Now, on that point... And I've long advocated going to full ward representation. On that point, Frank's for it, right? Correct. Baker says, we need to look at it. I see a reason for continued at-large representation, uh, but I'll look at it. He's ready to go in and tell Bruce Moore, I'm your boss. But he's not ready mm-hmm. to change the form of representation. That, that's a distinction. It is, well, it's an important distinction to make, even with his pivot. Now, you can have... The comfortable and, and what and what I hear you saying, John, and, and you saying he made that pivot, and but since there's still a distinction there, in your opinion, that makes him more in line with status quo because he's not ready to go into that. He ten is still, and, and I have changed my phrasing since, uh, and I think. In, in, well, I in, think you said comfort. Comfort versus yeah. disconnection. Yeah. Uh, if you if you are comfortable in this city, and you and, and you're looking for a comfortable choice, Baker Curris remains that. Uh, if you are disconnected from the city and have long felt so, and you're looking for somebody who can connect you to to a new, more connected city, Frank remains that. And it's just, you could. Some people would say I'm using euphemism for race, but I'm I'm really not. It's it's about how you, your neighborhood right. feels. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may break down largely racially. Most things do, but but it's about what you're looking for. So Baker is balancing that message of comfort to those who are comfortable with an appeal in the runoff for Warwick Saban change voters. And he finds himself, you know, doing a doing a balancing right. act. Uh, not doing it badly, uh, uh, I don't think, except except you, you you need to understand there are still distinctions that keep that comfort versus, versus disconnected 
a relevant construction for the choice. Right, right. Let, and let's talk about that a little bit more. So, obviously, we're in the middle of, uh, not in the middle. When you hear this podcast, we'll be in the middle of uh, early voting. Cause this when are they going to hear it? They're going to hear it Tomorrow. on, on this November 27th. First day early voting. First day of early voting. And also on November 27th, there's a debate between the two candidates. You got any predictions or thoughts on what type of issues will come up or what you expect to see from the candidates during this, this TV debate? Is it is it simply what you just mentioned? Is it comfort versus connection? Is it unity versus, um, I don't know what Baker's contrast is to unity. Competence. Competence. Uh, I've are been there before. I've run things. I know yeah. how to run. Right, right. So is, are those the things we're going to see tomorrow, or are you expecting something different? First of all, and let me first praise what the two stations, Fox, the local Fox station and KARK, for offering 30 minutes of expensive time. Right. Uh, for, to these guys. And With no commercials. Good for them. Good for them. However, tell me if I'm right. I, I like where you're going. I don't even know where you're going, but I, I like it, where you're going. I like it. I, I probably agree. <laughs> I, probably I mean, I hate, I hate to say this because nobody else is even offering 30 minutes, but I read in the release it's going to be a fast-paced 30 minutes on many topics. I read that. Sorry. Fast-paced 30 minutes on many topics really emphasizes no single topic. And puts great pressure on the candidates to be as simplistic and quick as possible. There are three issues, in my opinion: the police. Frank Scott's view on from, need a federal investigation. Baker Curtis's more procedural view. The change of government at large and the role of the city manager. Right. And one other that I wrote down on the way over. <laughs> you gotta find the notes. Yeah. What was the change of government? The uh, police. And. Schools? No, schools are for the. I got it right here. Okay, let's put that. For the districts. <laughs> this was the only note I made in case the third one escaped me. And this, oh, thirty crossing. Not because they can do anything about it, but it it's a difference, and it's a it, Baker's trying to make that a difference. Have you noticed? He's, he's trying to. He's, he's saying. But he. But he's, here's before, what he's saying, Frank. Before the election, before the runoff, there was no difference in the I know, answers. I'm, pivot. Yeah, pivot. There you go. Pivot. Suddenly, the, the, I'm glad I wrote that down. <laughs> it was. Uh, it was. It was. Hey, nothing we can do about it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna ride herd on it uh, now right. as the mayor, which is basically Scott's position. Now it's. Well, at least I was conflicted about it, and am still. Frank was on the Highway Commission and voted for it. That's sort of what. That's what he's saying. Yeah, that's not a strong. That's not a strong comeback, in my opinion. And though. it's not accurate. Well, I mean, pivot. I'm just talking. Yeah, no, no, we I mean, know you are. You all support. Uh, no, we're Frank the, the, Scott the pod, and, 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 and we're clear too. Yeah, absolutely. And it's your it's your pod, and that's. I'm just trying to tell you what Baker Curtis is up to. But those in 30 minutes, you can't you can't get any substance. Each of those would need more than the ten. That if you divided it by three, if they, yeah. if they if they took my advice and did ten minutes on each, I don't think you really get at it. But it'd be better. But if it's a fast paced, uh, do you know the format? Uh, uh, my my understanding is exactly what you said. It's a, a sit down debate uh, over a bunch of topics with one minute answers and the opportunity to rebut if you want to. Uh, so I, I, hope, I hope it's good. I hope it's valuable. That it's being done is admirable. That the candidates are going to sit down is good for the community. People ought to turn off Jeopardy or Wheel of Fortune or whatever else is on at that time and tune into this. And they ought to turn out, by the way. And we might, you know, but because runoffs are tricky about this. Right. I'm just not optimistic that either candidate's theme 
or a real substantive discussion of the defining issues, the police thing. We haven't even mentioned that. Right. But 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 this Washington Post stuff. And, and that's the what vid- the video attending the Washington Post piece about the guy's door flying. Right and and that's one thing we wanted to talk about the the national spotlight right. that's been brought into this race, um, partly spurred by this Washington Post article based on the police department. Then you have the thing with the FOP again with the police department. So there's a national lens on what's. I mean, people are watching what's going on in Little Rock all across this country uh, for, for those reasons that you I think you're about to get at. Right, right. I mean, it's uh, Frank broke. Uh, Frank is doing his own balancing act on this issue because uh, uh, you could easily say, and many in the community say, uh, the Fraternal Order of Police post with him patting the gentleman on the shoulder. What's his name? The main plan of R- Roger Catale. Uh you know, and then it, it, that it was Willie Horton racism. You could easily say that. You notice Frank catches it as divisiveness, and it goes back to Frank looking at me that time I asked him about being historic first black mayor, and he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to play that card. He wants to transcend it. So he he doesn't say fully what perhaps he might think it is. So, but on the at the same time, Baker Curris has the endorsement of Fraternal Order Police. Mm-hmm. And so he responds, he says he found the video, quote, very concerning, very upsetting, which is almost a passive voice. Right. Uh, say, this is horrible, and this can't be tolerated. He argues that if you say something like that and you're the mayor, then you have prejudiced any future, uh, future due process. Not if you judge something you plainly see with your own eyes. It's been in the Washington Post, not just by some guy's opinionated reporting, but with a video. Right. Yeah. You know? And there, there are uncontroverted facts there. So they're both, the reason I'd like to see that brought up is they're both trying to negotiate a difficult, tricky, sensitive issue, seems to me. Right, right. And I think it is a tricky issue, and I think it's important to people. And again, if you're talking about uh, people feeling disconnected, uh, not a part of the process, uh, versus the people who feel comfortable about the process. This is another example of that. If you feel like the 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 way the police department has been operated in the past may have not been in the best for all citizens of this city. The, the culture of, of the, the culture, the culture of the police department needs to change. Then you, Frank Scott, you got. And if you think, hey, things are fairly okay. And if what we need is a 15-point process to uh, try to get to the, try to get to the bottom of it, then Baker's your guy. Yeah, which uh, is not to say his process wouldn't turn out okay right. after 15 steps, but it's a difference of emphasis and approach to to the situation. So, yeah. so and, and to get ready to because uh, we can keep you here and talk about but this I, all day. Could, can I ask you something? Yeah, absolutely. Because one of the three wanted to change uh, change the form of government, 30 crossing, and uh, police department. Police Department. I watched uh, Captain View yesterday, and you know, buddy's right. You did well. Well, Miguel, thank you. Miguel did well too for yeah. his purposes. Yeah. Uh, for his, but you were the first one to bring up Thirty Crossing, and I thought, why do that? Why, if you're Frank, and the issue is change, and and he's trying to appeal to people who were for Saban before, who was against it altogether. Why even bring it up from your side? That, that's that's a that's a great question, John, and I think because. It was such a big issue to Saban supporters before we got to this point in the runoff right. that you address it head on. And I think Frank's explanation 
I instead found, of I found it powerful. It is powerful, and I think when you hear him talk about it, you like okay, what I everything else I heard is not quite why he made the decision that he made as a highway commissioner, and it doesn't bring to bear the process that this went through that shows him being connected with the community, listening to people being willing to adjust whatever plans there are to make sure it benefits the city as a whole. I think when you hear that, then this this vision you have you of 30 Christ. Okay. In the format, you didn't get the opportunity to I, develop I, those points. Absolutely. I did not. And that's the same same thing you're talking about with the debate. I'm afraid. They, they may be in the same situation where you're not going to be able to highlight some of the more important bullet points that you want to do. So that's why I brought it up. The question was about uh, Mr. Saban's supporters Right. And I, okay. I know that's an issue for them. But it, but it also shows what it what it's, it's going to show two things. It's going to show that if, if you felt displeased with where Frank stood, then you should feel just as displeased with where Baker stood. That's the first point. But the second point also shows is that if Baker comes and now try, which which they did, which now try to say, oh, we were against that, Frank was the only one for it, then it kind of shows that that pivot is he's willing to say just about anything because we were there. At every uh, at fifty all fifty debates, and we heard him say over and over again, "I'm not taking a position that's over and done. Let let's move on." So it's either going to show you that they're 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 more similar on this topic, or it's going to show you that the baker's willing to to say anything and, and pivot for for votes. Yeah, well, and, I, I get that. I get that. And. Uh, I appreciate you asking me a question, though. A lot of people don't get on here. They just let me do all the question asking. I like answering questions. Well, we can just turn this completely around. <laughs> you want to you wanna be the oh. new host of Rock the Culture? No, I'm, <laughs> I'm unworthy. <laughs> no, nah, don't do that. Do that to me. Um, before we get you out of here, I don't want to ask you a, a prediction because I've, I've watched you and, and read your work, and, and I saw you on Talk Business, I guess, a week ago, and you said, look, I don't know. I don't. I don't know, and I and I can respect that. Do you? I think I know. Okay. Uh, we were we were closer than, uh, than I was. Than you were. <laughs> <laughs> we were we were a bit off too because we were thinking in anywhere between you know the thirty nine forty two percent, and we we fell. Uh, Frank fell a couple. Couple percent, a couple thousand votes short, well, short of that. You can be forgiven for that error, <laughs> <laughs> and, and you can be forgiven for yours too, John. Uh, well, but what I, but let you go. Not who wins, but I know you mentioned those three issues. Are there is there anything else that you think going to be determinative of who wins? Not who who will win, but is it going to be the police? 30 crossing and form a government. Are those the three issues or are there something else that e- may? I'm not even sure those three resonate in way in a decisive way with everybody. The oh, cuz that may three. be the that yeah. may be inside baseball as they say, That's, right? The, I think I think I think Baker is uh, solidifying uh, his position and Frank his. Baker's trying to reach out to Midtown Saban voters uh, and I'm not sure that uh, I think ba- I I'm probably going to be totally wrong about this. Because I've been wrong before, but Baker's pivot, while cynical, you think, and maybe so. I think there's some effectiveness to it. That suddenly he's getting he's getting some of my neighbors who are saying, "Well, maybe he is." Uh, and the other thing I'm hearing is, "Well, Baker has a lot more experience," um, and I'm talking about yeah. the, uh, Midtown potential swing right. voters. Baker. Boy, Frank, I really love what he has to say. Baker ran the schools. He's he's got a, he's got the he's got the experience, comfort, 
again. And Frank, you know, maybe it's not his time, but boy, he's a prospect for the next time. I hear a little of that. I'm not saying that's going to be decisive. Right. I'm just telling you that, that, that that's what I hear. Now, Frank Scott wins if his people go back and vote, right? Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Which is, a, which, is, which is a function of the campaign to make sure everybody knows and everybody remains inspired. Uh, so that's the race, and I, do, I, I wouldn't hazard a prediction. I would, well, I would trust y'all's more than my own. Well, and that's why I'm going to end it here. I know the during the general election, you and I'm not telling you to pick a horse, but I know in the general election, you pick uh, Ward um, yes. as, as a guy. Are do you plan to make a to pick a horse in this this in the runoff election or no? Has it not been obvious in my writing? I know it, writing? it's not. Okay, uh, I probably will. Okay. Yeah. You don't you don't have that much time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Between yeah, early votes. Yeah, <laughs> early yeah, vote yeah, starts tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> uh, well, starts Tuesday, November twenty seventh. Exclu- exclusive. Exclusive. Are you about to, are you about to let it go right now? Go ahead, John. Go ahead. You can do it here. You can do it here. Let me let me just provide a little context. <laughs> you don't want me to endorse you. Did you see how old uh, Warwick turned out? Yeah. Okay. I'm not telling you who to endorse. Yeah, I know. I may be telling you to I'm, endorse I'm the just, other I'm guy. Just just. just I'm saying, yeah, you want me to do <laughs> I may be setting you up, John. I'm telling you, I'm telling you in a generic sense, it doesn't make a damn who okay. I'm for. Uh, other than that, or really who anybody else endorses. Yeah. Endorsements don't mean much. Uh, people make up their own minds, particularly when they know the folks. Uh, cliche, they're both good, and the city's going to be better off with either one. I do have a preference, and I'll probably give it away okay. at some point. Okay. Yeah. Well, John, thank you again for uh, joining us on, on Rock, for inviting me. Rock the Culture. Uh, what, what you're doing, uh, like Blake said, part of your writing uh, highlighted the need for us to start this. And it was just... It was that bad. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not that it was that bad. It was like he has a voice... He's in a he he has a voice. That's one perspective. That, yeah. That's a perspective, right. and we just providing a different perspective. And today we got it all together. Yeah, we got it all together. No, not saying two which, years in the making. Yeah, yeah <laughs> which one is right or wrong? But it was like it was good. Brahman has a perspective. Let us bring a perspective and help and help, help the city here. I understand both. that you all have quite a few listeners. We we got a might, few who might find this some portion of it. Helpful to I, I hope Absolutely. so. All right. I hope so. Well, thank you again for uh, for joining us, and I'm we 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 look forward to reading what you write. All right, in the morning. <laughs> in the morning. Oh, he's already got it. No, oh, it's already written. No, that's no, what no, you no. know. What Nas said. What what, what he say to him? He said it was written. <laughs> Past tense. Let me explain. <laughs> this is how misunderstandings get it. I've got a column in the morning. Read it. It's not going to be about what you just uh, asked me. Oh, okay, okay. But boy, it's going to be good. It's going to be, be about Chad Morris. It's going no. It's going to be about <laughs> it's going to be about Clark Tucker inviting me to the, his Trinity Episcopal Church Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving sermon. Where he gave the homily, yes. and I found it uh, most worthy of public uh, dissemination. Okay. All right. All right. Take care. Thank you, John. Thank you. Well, again, thanks to John Brahman for uh, coming through and rocking the culture with us, talking Absolutely. about the biggest news in. Definitely 2018 in the city of Little Rock, which is the the mayor's race. Um, and what what you know, we're gonna be talking about this all week on Rock the Culture. But what can they find us at Three Term? You can find us on Facebook at Rock the Culture, on IG at Rock the Culture, and on Twitter at Rock the Culture. And as always, I'm your host Antoine Phillips. You can find me on all social media at A N T W A A N P H I 
Man, don't be rolling your eyes while I'm doing my, my thing. I'm trying to get a I'm trying to get a slogan, a it, motto. You need to you a new one. <laughs> that one's garbage. <laughs> it was so good that your boy Graham and Cuno dropped it at the Black Excellence. He sure did. I think he misspelled your name, though. No, he got it right. <laughs> what can they find you at, Rep Blake? Your favorite representative, always repping. You can find me on Facebook at Char- Rep Blake, Rep Charles Blake. You can find me See, on you don't Instagram. Even know. You, don't even, you need to be consistent. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm spelling my name for the folks. You're going to fix that one. <laughs> you can find me no, on this all, this It's unfiltered. your favorite representative, always repping. You can catch me on IG at Rep Blake 36. Man, we'll be back next week, December 3rd, with a special guest, Lakeisha Johnson, who's gonna put who got three term on her pod before she comes on our pod. Yes, she did. I'll, I'll be on I'll be on uh Real Talk with LMJ on Wednesday. Yeah, we're gonna talk about her movement, coffee and conversations, uh, her podcast, and her inspirational story uh to inspire others. And we'll see y'all, we'll see y'all next week. <laughs> <laughs>